From Affirm Films comes the Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father. All of us have a fatherhood story. My dad was my hero growing up. A father was somebody who disappointed you. From the creators of War Room and Courageous comes an inspiring cinematic journey featuring five amazing true stories. I'm stunned. He's real. He's really out there. This is really him. Your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life. Show Me the Father. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theater September 10th. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions. From homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. I am so glad you stopped in today. We have a great podcast scheduled for you today. Today, we're going to talk about the greatest homeschool tips. This is episode 447. You can find the show notes for today's episode at Vintage homeschoolmoms.com. I can't wait to share some of my greatest homeschool tips. If you missed the last podcast where I shared getting more done, try that one and then come over to this one as well. I'm going to share some of the things that I did through my 30-something years of homeschooling. I also want to thank our sponsor, the movie Show Me the Father movie. You can find the link in the show notes, and this film is really going to help so many more people. Um, Kendrick's brothers do a fabulous job with their movies, and it's a story of parenting and how faith can really make changes for the better in people's lives. And I teared up just watching the trailer, and you will too. So again, the link is in the show notes on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 447, Greatest Homeschool Tips. But you can find the trailer at ShowMeTheFatherMovie.com as well as different information about the film. All right. Are you ready to get some great tips that you can use? So again, if you're driving or somewhere else, you may... I want to go over the show notes and grab those, and it has a lot of what I talked about, not everything, but um, the gist of what I'm talking about today. And also, please share this episode with a friend. Um, It helps us tremendously to get more listeners and viewerships uh, for the network, and you can also download our free planners. We have new ones every month and they are on different character qualities. And if you miss the freebie, you can purchase it over on our mediaangels.com website. All right. In my years of homeschooling, I bought all different kinds of programs. To begin with, I was really adamant that I didn't want to hear anything or any homeschool advice because it was very sparse and it was very boring. So I let my sister-in-law do all the research on homeschooling because she started homeschooling before I did and just tell me what she knew. And the biggest thing I wanted to know was, was it legal and what I needed to do to cover those points? But I had a teaching background and felt like I knew it all. Well, I didn't. But I have learned a lot in all of the years that I've been homeschooling. And I have to say that... I um, realized that homeschooling is more than just teaching your kids. 
Homeschooling deals with your family and extended family and your faith and your relationships and dealing with your house and everything else. So first of all, the homeschool laws for your state um, can be found probably on your state website for homeschooling, but you can also go to HSLDA, that's Homeschool Legal Defense, and they have laws by state. So you can look at that website. And again, this isn't meant to be a comprehensive list, but I am going to give you 25 things that you can start doing today or soon after. All right. Number one, you. You are the parent. Guess what? You finally got to be an adult. You got married and you had kids. Now, you and your husband are the only two people whose decisions and choices matter in your homeschool journey, really in your life journey. If you both agree or agree to disagree, then that's the law of the land, well, in your household anyway. Stand firm and do not let anyone, and I mean anyone, even me, change your mind. When I get frustrated, this is what I tell my kids. I'm the parent. It took me quite a few years to get here. But guess what? What I say goes. Or I'm the parent and your dad and I decided we want this car because your kids will always get into every conversation. I remember when we first started homeschooling, we were talking about buying a car and our kids were chiming in from the back seat. That ever happened to you? Like what? You don't have an opinion. This is our decision. So, you know, that was something that I didn't even realize at the beginning until I realized how um, intrusive everyone else's opinion can be. Number two, the second most important thing is each other. Relationships matter. You and your spouse started together and should end your homeschool journey together. This happens if you, and these are important, A, value each other, B, appreciate each other, C, encourage each other, and D is love each other. That's not even number one, two, or three, because if you value, appreciate, and encourage each other, guess what? There's got to be love underlying that. And E, take care of each other, and F, all of the above. I went to a doctor when the kids were little, um, pediatrician, and I remember him saying, well, are you guys going on date night? And I was like, why are you asking me this? I'm here to have my child checked. And I was a very brash young woman, and not that I've changed, right? But I remember being really annoyed, and I basically said, it's none of your business, doctor. And he said, okay, well, you know, it's kind of important the nurse had already asked me that question. I think I was snippy with her too, which is probably why the doctor asked me. Well, I realize now all these years later that actually going out to dinner or spending some time getting the kids fed, let them watch a movie or do something in the other room. And if they're little, wait till they go to bed and then have your meal, even if you're tired or have some time together is really important because a lot of times... People get divorced when they're older and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you lasted 40 years or 30 years or, and now you're leaving each other. And it's because their relationships were not nurtured. Sure, there's lots of other reasons too, but number three, faith matters. A family that is focused on personal gain instead of everlasting gain is going to struggle. You're going to have a hard time. 
Faith brings a family together and leaves a legacy for your children, and films such as Show Me the Father is an excellent example. Watch Christian-focused shows. We got a a subscription to Pure Flix, and we got one for my daughter and her family too. Yes, some of them are sappy and they're they're low-budget wonders, but if the rest of us who are Christians and or want good quality shows, we'll support organizations like that, guess what? They'll have bigger budgets. Number four, your kids. Notice I didn't put them as number one. I'm going to reiterate, your kids are not in charge, not even close, and your kids are not your friends. You are the parent. God gave you these kids for a purpose. It might be a little fuzzy right now, but you'll figure it out at some point. Kids are wonderful. Kids are a blessing. I had five of them. I have eight grandchildren. I love kids. But kids need to be obedient and to listen. Your life is going to be miserable if your kids are in charge of your home. Number five, discipline is key. For what? For your sanity. If you have kids that won't go to bed and talk back and they're little nightmares, guess what? How are you going to homeschool them? You have to have consequences for actions. If you run a red light, is there a consequence? If you smash your fingers in the door, is there a consequence? Think about consequences. Make a plan and beyond all else, follow through. When you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes you can't think of things immediately. When my kids got to be high schoolers, because I kind of messed up with the first two and I kind of got it better or more right with the next three, I had some redoing to do when, especially my oldest, was a teenager. And so I would sometimes be so angry with him over stupidity. For example, we have um, a large yard, but many times he would park his car behind me because he was leaving first in the morning, but I had somewhere to go. So he had to move his car and I would be annoyed and it would make me late if I didn't leave early enough. Just dumb stuff. So one time I said to him, you know, I'm really upset with you and I'm going to pray because I don't know what your punishment is going to be. I mean, you don't spank an older child, right? And so I ended up praying about it, which of course he scoffed at me. And the thought that came to my mind is have him put his car keys in the laundry room. Now, the rest of us had our keys in the laundry room but him because he was had his pride and possession that he helped pay for. And so he didn't want his keys there. He wanted them upstairs, which again made it harder when I needed to get his car moved. So I said to him, this is your punishment. And he had a meltdown. Well, guess what? I said, this is what popped in my mind when I prayed to the Lord and this is what you're going to do. And I stood firm. I said, or you can just give me your keys and not drive at all. Oh, I need it for this or that. Yeah, well, you have to listen first. And that worked. So then when I got really stuck, I would pray. And I would really advise you to do that. It works. Number six on the list is others. And this is extended family, friends, neighbors, anywhere else, you know, social media friends. Everyone has opinion, an opinion, and everyone has a right to their opinion. But you do not, and I repeat, you do not, A, have to listen, B, follow their advice, C, feel guilty, 
and D, all of the above, refer to point one. You don't have to listen. You are the parents. You can do what you want. It took you a long time to get to be the parent and to be in charge. You've earned this. You really have. Number seven, key to homeschooling 101. Do not try to duplicate traditional school in the classroom. Um, Do not try to duplicate traditional school in the home. Okay, so I did this. I tried to make my homeschool a little school. And guess what? It did not work because I had multiple grades and my kids were struggling. Those books didn't work for them. I had to regroup, revamp, and we homeschooled all the way through high school with all of my kids. The last two did some dual enrollment, but we homeschooled. That was our number seven lifestyle. Homeschooling was more than just what we did. It was who we are in a sense that we were focused on the most important people in our lives and the education of their hearts, their minds, and their souls. And it is the greatest job of anything that you will ever do. I do not regret one day of homeschooling. I regret some decisions I made about homeschooling, but not the homeschooling itself. And there's nothing that I've accomplished. And I've accomplished quite a few little dealies here and there, but nothing compares with the time I spent homeschooling. Number nine, it's not about you. Yeah, I said it. Homeschooling is not about what the kids are or are not doing. It is not a hobby. It's a full-time commitment, and it's not for the faint-hearted. When the kids misbehave or do not get their work done, it's not personal. They're not sitting around going, oh, let's do a really bad job, so this way it'll look bad on mom and dad. No, they don't talk or think like that. They might act like that, but there's not really premeditated. And whether they do well or fail is not necessarily a reflection. And the only time you're really at fault is if you're permissive or the threatening repeating parent that doesn't follow through. Sorry. This was me at one time and I felt that I could just yell and scream at them and then they would have to listen because I really believe number one. And I learned that I had to follow through. I had to have consequences for their action. And if you're really good at this, you can let them know what the infraction is going to be. And it's not three tries. It's one and done. And I couldn't blame the teacher because I was the teacher. Still, having said all this, I want you to know that when your kids struggle, we find solutions, but we don't blame ourselves or think it's all about us that they're just doing this to get back at us. And I want to add something here. When I say we're the parent or when I say discipline's important, we do it with love and with our hearts. We don't do it to be mean. Years ago, there was a lady at a homeschool conference that broke my heart. She was cruel to her child. I mean, after all of these years, it's still a little bit emotional to me. So this little girl came up to my booth because we had our Tooth Seekers novels up. And I was selling a book at the time that was called Reach for the Stars by Susan Marlowe. She now sells this book on her website. 
I love Susan. I love all of her books, in fact, as well. So this young girl told me that her dream was to write. And she said, I don't get to write. And I said, why not? And she said, and her dad was there with her and her mom wasn't. And she said, because I don't get my schoolwork done. I said, really? I said, well, if you love writing so much, get your schoolwork done. So then you can work on your writing. Well, when I get my schoolwork done, my mom gives me chores or makes me watch the baby. Now, this girl was all of like eight years old. She was not very, very old at all. And I kind of looked at the dad and he had sad puppy dog eyes. And he said, well, honey, you know, mom's busy. So this mom comes up with one other child, a baby, like around 15 months, maybe two years old. And this child's a handful. I could see why the mother wanted help. But anyway, this mom like was so rude and she came up and she goes, what are you doing? And da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, um, I'm standing here, you know, I'm the author, speaker. And she just, the little girl just cringed and kind of backed up and the dad put his arm around the little girl, but didn't say anything. And I said, oh, I hear your daughter likes to write. And she said, well, yeah. Like, you know, I'm number one, I'm the mom that <laughs> you can say is going to, you know, affect me. And I said, and I hear she doesn't finish her schoolwork, so she can't get her, you know, she's not getting her work done, so you're not giving her the permission to do that, am I right? And she said, well, yeah. And I, I didn't even t- target the babysitting thing. That's none of my business. So I said to her, I go, I ha- want to ask you something, and with your permission, I would like to give her this book. And it's goes through, this is the reach for the stars, and it goes through the whole um, process of writing a fiction. Would that be okay with you? And I bet she'll really really work hard to get her schoolwork done so she'll have time to write. And the little girl's looking at me with big eyes and nodding her head up and, and down. Didn't say a word. Didn't say, yes, mommy, I will, nothing. Just big eyes. And, and the mom's like, oh, well, that's really nice of you. And I gave her the book. And I said, and if it's okay with you, can I give her one of our novels? And she said, oh, well, sure. You know, what age are they for and so forth? And I said, well, good readers, young, can start around, you know, six to seven. I said, but, you know, the kids in the book are in their early teens or kind of what we call the tweens. And I said, you know... This would be, you know, something wholesome that she might like to read. And this will give you an example of my daughter and I who wrote some books. Anyway, the lady, you know, just kind of said, well, that's fine. You can, you know, and the husband said, well, I think we're going to look at these books a little bit more. And she said, okay, that's fine. And just walked on and didn't really thank me for the book and didn't, it just, and the husband apologized for her. And I don't know what their story is. Everyone has a story, but being rude and disagreeable is never a good thing, especially when you don't know the people, even if you did. But that just broke my heart because I don't know what this little girl's life was like. I don't know how overbearing her mom was. And yes, this little girl needed to get her schoolwork done because her mom said she needed to. And maybe she wasn't motivated because she was thinking, well, why would I hurry through when I'm just going to have to babysit and not get to do anything I want to do? So hopefully we can only do what we can do in our lives and try to bless others. So just, you know, remember that it isn't about us. It's, you know, something we have to figure out 
And maybe this little story will help you to target some areas in your homeschool that can be beneficial to both you and your children. Coming up with some compromises. All right, number 10, ideal learning environment. This is one that fosters your child's innate curiosity about the world around them. If your child's interested in a topic, they're going to want to learn more about it. For example, my son was interested in building, and now he's uh, partners with my husband in our construction company. He always wanted to build something. So I used that and small engines and things like that that would pique his interest because he didn't like reading and he didn't really like school, but it piqued his interest and he started doing all these other things. And then one time we planted a garden, which included lots of different things such as soil and nutrition and reading and science and seasons and weather and discipline and waiting and patience. And then, oh no, we've got a problem solved because now we've got bugs. So the ideal learning environment will increase your child's ability to learn and want to learn. Number 11, curriculum. Now, did you notice that I waited all the way to 11 to talk about curriculum? So we're not sitting here together. I can't help you with your curriculum choices because first of all, there are just too many out there. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to figure out A, how do you want to teach? And B, how will your children learn best? If you're starting out, you're going to need something with some structure like an Abeka or a Bob Jones or something like that. I'm a curriculum provider. I don't even recommend my own curriculum if you're just starting out. But I don't recommend totally online schools. Sure, a class or two here or there is great. But if you're putting your child in front of the computer the entire time, how much are they really learning? I don't know. But while you're learning the ropes, if you're a new homeschooler and trying to juggle school and home and having kids around 24-7, start slowly. If you're hands-on like I am and a do-it-yourselfer, then you can pick and choose your own books. You can check out Media Angels curriculum at MediaAngels.com. I have a Media Angels membership website too. It's MediaAngelsMembership.com and the MediaAngels.com forward slash store and MediaAngels.com forward slash books. All right, number 12, different learning levels. Kids do not fit neatly into grade level boxes. Some are great students and will have no problem academically, no matter what book or curriculum you're using, and others are going to struggle. Reading is key, and many kids need some type of reading remediation, starting with the phonic sounds and building up. There are Facebook groups. Um, I'm a member of one of them that really, really helps, and they participate um, in helping. Well, there's curriculum providers such as myself with Media Angels that participate in helping parents, and it's called the Top Picks Homeschool Curriculum, and you can find that on Facebook, and there's a link in my show notes under number 12, and there are many different knowledgeable people in that group that can help you. Number 13. Work together in one room whenever possible. Sure, some kids might be distracted by talking or when you're working with another child, but sending younger kids into their own rooms is a recipe for disaster. And walking out of the other room is another one. Which brings me to number 14. Stay off your phones and social media during school time. This means everyone. It will suck your time and ruin your mood. Leave research for lunchtime or after-school activity, which brings me to number 15, research. 
If you get on the computer to research something, set a timer. Give yourselves 30 minutes and that's it. Also, search websites without the kids around. Thank goodness for pop-up blockers. Thank goodness for being able to set your internet browser. And I use DuckDuckGo. Um, I also changed browsers recently to Firefox, which I was a fan of at one point, then was not a fan of. But the one that is most popular is the most invasive. So I don't like using that one. But DuckDuckGo is a good browser to use that doesn't track and they are, um, you know, have a lot of uh, good suggestions for things that you would never even see on some of the other ones. Uh, so you may want to look at that. But in the past, when we used to look at stuff, all the stuff used to popped up, pop up and it was not appropriate. Even now, I get requests all the time because I own the, the uh, Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network in my company to have articles on my website. Well, you know, it'd be nice to have some other people writing blog post articles, except for myself and social media people that help me. But, you know, I go look because it sounds really good. I'm like, oh, here's some fishing tips. And, and once you get into the website a little bit further, there's inappropriate things or suggestions that when you click on it, they're trying to sell me a tractor or something that's not, not necessarily inappropriate, but doesn't have anything to do with homeschooling. So... There is an ad setting um, on your browser that's for family-friendly, and you can block certain websites if you want to. Uh, So that's why I'm not a fan of third-party automated ads. We have sponsors, uh, such as our movie sponsor for this episode, showmethefathermovie.com, but they are fully vetted. You know, I look at their, a lot of times we get to preview movies and things like that before we even will accept them as sponsors. And I could make a lot more money, let me tell you, if I took all the sponsors that want to sponsor on our network, but I don't. Because why? Because I was a homeschool parent like you and I know what it's like. Number 16, tests. This is something you may choose to do or not do. But I'm going to share with you an experience. I didn't like to give tests because we homeschool and I want to do things differently. So every once in a while, the kids would have a test, but I wasn't a big test giver. Well, my college kids, uh, college bound kids said, my daughter in particular, that when she was in college, she felt like she didn't have enough experience taking tests and wish she had more. So that might be something you want to work on with your kids. Even if you don't give a bunch of tests before they go off to college, work on some different types of tests. She did fine with essay tests because she was my co-author on the Tooth Seekers Mystery Series. Um, but And she could write really well, but um, she didn't like the multiple choice or some of the other types of tests that they had to take. Number 17, motivated kids. I had a child who asked for trigonometry for a summer project. He was thinking of going into engineering and didn't feel like his Algebra 2 class that he took the previous year covered it well enough. I know, strange kid, right? Love this kid. But sometimes if you give your child this sense of awe and wonder about learning, they're going to do strange things like that. I would never in my lifetime have ever asked my mother for another math book that I could do during the summer. No way. But if we homeschool in a way where learning is fun and it is treasured and it is a blessing and it is a privilege, then 
they're going to act like that as well and take responsibility for their own learning. Number 18, letting kids work at their own pace. And I think this was one of the keys in our homeschooling. Sure, some kids couldn't finish a book or struggled, but other kids were getting things done quickly. So that is something that you want to look at and encourage a child to work on their own pace. That was the other thing I told my kids that learning was a privilege and that um, I'm, it's part of number 21 to making excuses. But if they were really rude or bad or weren't, they weren't listening to what I was saying, I would just say, fine, we're done with school for the day. And they'd have big yay. And I'm like, uh, no, you're not going to have free time. Now you're going to do all the things on my tour list. And I made them help me. Now, this was already pre-planned. They already knew that if they messed up, there was no principal's office to send them to. Dad wasn't coming home till later. And why dump all this on dad when mom could take care of it? And they had to listen when I was talking. And there was no second chance. Do it one time, parents, and you'll see what will happen. It's when we keep giving our kids chances. Oh, I'll be good. Please, can you know, that's when we start losing control. And I'm not saying be a tyrant like the lady I shared with you about not letting your kid do a school subject because they're not finishing their schoolwork. You know, sure, there are kids who like to just do one thing and not do anything else. And you have to explain to them that I would love for you to work on whatever project you want to work on, but we've got to get this schoolwork done. Number 19, to push or to not push. So sometimes when you work at a child's frustration level, that's when they're going to push back. The ideal in education is to work right below, not at or above, but below their frustration level because that pushes them to learn. You'll know if your child's getting frustrated, if they're struggling to understand a concept or something's too difficult. That doesn't mean you don't push them, but it does mean that we have to understand our kids as we go through the homeschool journey. Number 20, evaluation versus standardized test. Each family prefers their own. I preferred evaluations, especially in the lower grades, because the teacher can give you key points on how you can work with your child, and that really helps. Again, some states don't allow evaluations. Others do, so look at what your state laws are um, and go from there. And we did do standardized tests beforehand. Um, College Prep Genius is one of my podcasters. She has amazing podcasters podcasts on the topic of standardized tests, and she talks about you know acing the SAT and ACT, which can be done. Um, but you can um, you know check out her website or check out her podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Number twenty one: Making excuses. So look at the root cause of bad behavior as your child just saying, well, I can't do it because it's too hard or I can't find my book or I can't this or I can't that. Is it for attention? Is it to push attention on someone else? We don't make excuses for kids who act poorly, but we get to the root of the problem and we figure it out. Number 22, households can be divided into parts, budget, paying bills, cooking, cleaning, laundry, yard work. This is an area to divide and conquer. Who is good at what? Sure, when you have little kids, it's just up to you and your spouse. But this is your job or 
whether we want it or not. It's our job. And we have to look at what is good and what is not good or what we can or can't do well. So I'm terrible with budgets, but I can pay bills, cook, clean, and do laundry. I don't do yard work. I'm not good at it. And when the kids were little, I tried assigning jobs and taught them to do all the various jobs because everyone should know how to fold clothes and everyone should learn how mommy pays bills, which now it's online, so it's a lot easier. And, you know, kids should learn to cook and kids should learn to clean. But some of them excelled in certain things and others did not. Like my daughter loved to clean. And this is the one with all the little kids now that she's an adult. She loves cleaning, which is a good thing because God was preparing her heart for all these kids. I detested cleaning. So when she was living at home, she helped me with the cleaning. Also, dad's great at yard work. When my kids' boys got older and even the girls, they helped with the yard work. Doing chores was not a hassle because we ended up breaking them down into what they wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I would say, okay, dishwasher, who wants to empty the dishwasher? And someone would raise their hand. I want to do it because I don't mind doing it. Well, picking up all the stuff at the end of the day. Well, I like doing that because I like organizing. Okay, and um, I'll take out the trash can and I like yard work. So the kids volunteered for stuff. So when it was time to do laundry, guess what? It wasn't an ordeal and they did it. Sometimes I got tired of their jobs and they traded and guess what? They usually went back to their original job. Number 23. Kids should help, enough said. Kids that help around the house are responsible. My first two didn't help as much in the way of chores as the last three did. And I mean, they really helped. I had more energy, time, and I helped my two oldest ones, but not as much with my three youngest. Again, we worked together and we played together. Number 24, family unity. I would say we're a family and we're in this together. We work hard and we enjoy the fruits of our labor. This is something my kids learned early on and they're pretty much all doers. If there was any infighting, everyone had to hear about it and it makes for a miserable life. So we kind of nip that in the bud. Teaching children the importance of getting along and having a punishment that fits the crime, which I think I've talked about a lot this podcast. And it wasn't originally in my show notes, so hopefully you guys have needed to hear it. Anyway, having a punishment that fits the crime goes a long way in helping. And I shared the story about my son and his truck. So if it doesn't fit the crime, if we're just angry or, you know, we just want to spank it and get over with with whatever the issue or whatever your form of discipline is, Sometimes it doesn't get to the root uh, problem and we have the same issue again. So I know if you have many kids, it's kind of hard to sit there and, oh, let me think about the root problem and it's one size fits all. But, you know, do pray about it and ask the Lord to help you. And sometimes an idea will pop in your head immediately where you don't really have to think too hard. Number 25, and I could have started with this as number one, but I wanted to build And that is the family mission statement. What is it that your family stands for? Write it down. Have the kids learn it. Write a family prayer. Say it every night before bed. These are things that are food for thought for you. And last thoughts. There are going to be days that are horrible and days that are amazing. Through it all, you can thrive with a close network of people that will give you encouragement that we provide on our all our social media accounts, actually, with the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And we have a page that is specifically for you, 
homeschool mom and dad and the links in the show notes. And I think it's called, I always get the name wrong, but it's family um, of the podcast network, but I don't remember exactly what the name is. And you would think I would know, um, but I don't remember it. Listen, everyone, God bless. This will be the most exciting journey of your life. Enjoy and treasure every second. My kids are all grown up now. I have grandkids, so the family does grow. But I always will treasure those days with my little ones. So take care. God bless. Again, the show notes are at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Look for the episode, Greatest Homeschool Tips, episode 447, and check out Show Me the Father movie.com. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.